And here to introduce the collection is Susie Bright. Happy anniversary, everyone. This is the tenth year of the Best American Erotica, and in the last decade, we've enjoyed some of the most memorable erotica ever published in the English language. We've been on bestseller lists and lists. We've been hailed both as the decline of fine literature and as the end of hallowed traditions in mediocre smut. We are the only best of series in any genre to stay in print for all ten years that we've published. I suppose our dirtiest secret is that we've had an awful lot of fun. This year, I decided to interview as many of our Best American Erotica author alumni as I could find, and discover a little bit about their writing lives and history, as well as their sexual opinions. Out of the 257 authors I've published in Best American Erotica, I managed to speak to 137, and I researched another 50 or so from previous interview material, websites, editors' notes. Four authors had passed away since we began the series, much to my regret, and the ones I didn't get my hands on, as they say, remain at large. If anyone is offended that they don't see themselves included, I can only say, we understand you're busy, but your mom says she wants to talk to you, and there's a check waiting for you at your last publisher's office. In addition to interviewing our authors, I talked to hundreds of fans about their favorite stories of the past 10 years. At the end of this edition, you'll hear Reader's Choice, the top 100 of the past 10 years, your favorite best American erotica fiction of the decade. I loved tallying these results, and at the same time, I have a tender spot about any sort of contest. I want to give a trophy to everyone. After all, fans voted on over 300 different stories, so virtually every Best American Erotica story was somebody's favorite. Hunter Thompson, who I had no idea was the Best American Erotica reader, called me at 3 o'clock in the morning to tell me that the queen of Exit 17 was his all-time favorite Best American Erotica selection. And yet, it didn't make the top 100. Many superb stories didn't make the cut, but I'll never call this poll the final arbiter. My favorite part of Best American Erotica isn't any one story. I could never narrow it down. But it's rather the unprecedented variety of expression and sexuality that we bring under one cover. It just doesn't happen anyplace else. Finally, in lieu of cutting a big enough cake for all to partake in, I'd like to thank a few people who have worked with me on the Best American Erotica series since we first began in 1993. My managers, Joni Shoemaker and Jolyn Worley, whose favorite stories, respectively, are Jane Smiley's Horse Heaven and Amy Bender's Quiet Please, are always the first people in my life to report that Best American Erotica is selling at a new small bookstore in a town ordinarily known for selling more Bibles than erotica. They've negotiated with six different editors and two publishers since the series began, and they've taken Best American Erotica to places as far-flung as Beijing, where I hear I have quite a following if I ever want to make an appearance. Their experience in every facet of publishing and the entertainment business has meant all the difference in how my editorial work has developed, and their loyalty and insight have kept me going through every political and artistic hurdle. My father, Bill Bright, 
whose favorite BAE story is Carol Queen's Sweating Profusely in Merida, has been the best reader and editor this series ever had. I've never taken a formal writing course, but every time my father edits one of my books, I feel like I'm receiving a master class in the English language, as well as the many other languages that crop up in Best American Erotica storytelling. Bill has been a writer and editor in linguistics, anthropology, and poetry for decades now. When I was little, he would let me get into his big oak desk chair and look over his manuscripts with a red pencil to see if I could find any typos. I remember the glee I felt when I found a mistake. Even then, I was an editorial sadist. He said when I got good enough, I'd be able to use a red pen. But frankly, I've never let go of the pencil. It reminds me that he's still there to look through the pages one more time. Since I began Best American Erotica, my partner, John Bailiff, whose favorite story is Je t'aime, Batman, je t'adore. John, yes, he's had a thankless and occasionally exhilarating task to live with a woman who takes every story so to heart that he never knows who's going to emerge from her writing studio at the end of the day. John's tastes in literature and smut are equally fine. He always has the right instincts. He nurtures this series every year by loving me well, and he is the one with whom I share the most laughs and curses along the way. I'm sorry. All this nostalgia makes me sentimental. There is one last piece of cake to honor, the piece with the hard bean hiding inside it, which will probably break the tooth of whoever bites down hard. That prize would go to the notorious and plentiful critics of erotica, the people who said... Literature and sex don't mix. Women want romance, not smut. Men want crotch shots, not stories. Great writers don't write filth. When it comes to erotica, people only want to read about themselves. And what's a nice girl like you doing a dirty book like this? Finally, so many of them said, you can't say that. Yet we did say it, and we wrote it, and we've lived to see a banquet of inspiration come out of it. Thanks to everyone for making it taste so sweet.